0: and welcome to another episode to Penn State's Akey podcast series. Um, Today we'll take a look at the past student chapter presidents on where they're at now and reflect on their experience and share the skills that they have learned. Uh, My name is Annie and I am this year's chapter president. Among with me is the past two years presidents. So before we begin, why don't we introduce ourselves, where are we currently working at or studying, and what was your favorite memory from Penn State? Josh,
1: Hi, my name is Josh Pizzullo. Uh, I graduated in uh, the spring of 2020. Currently, I'm a first year medical student um, at Sydney Kemble Medical College, uh, which is at Thomas Jefferson University in in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, My favorite memory from Penn State, probably uh, freshman year, uh, so 2016 Ohio State game. A lot of energy, uh, incredible time, so
0: a lot of people say that. <laughs> um, Baylen?
2: All right. Um, my name is Valen Bench. I graduated, um, Penn State in 2019. Since then, I have been working at Procter and Gamble. I'm a process engineer on a Charmin manufacturing line. Um, so I produce the products that uh, the consumers purchase right off the shelves. So. Um, that's what I do now, and I have to agree with Josh. My favorite memory was my sophomore year um, when Penn State played Ohio State, and that experience was like no other I've ever had in my whole life. Just the the energy and the the feel of community was just remarkable, and I've never felt anything like that since. So that definitely has to be the favorite.
0: There's a toilet paper shortage again. I went to Walmart yesterday, (laughs) the whole aisle was completely empty.
2: Yeah, it's like the second round of shutdowns, it's crazy, we finally were trying to, um, we're finally getting caught up with production, and then all of a sudden it's like, this huge burst again, and so we're we're really, really, really pumping it out now, so (laughs) it's been a crazy time for us.
0: So kind of going off of what you guys, your favorite memory, what is one of the biggest things that you guys miss about Penn State or being a student?
2: Okay. Um, So, I mean, I really, I really miss the sense of friendship that I had there Um, being um, I live in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and there are a lot of young people that I work with that are in the area, but um, not being able to walk to all of your friends houses, um, definitely, it makes you it makes you grow up a little bit. um, But it is very it's very sad to have to, um, you know, plan things out more. So it's, it's definitely a lot more, um, you know, adulting is real. So, um, that's, that's really the big thing I miss is just being able to walk to a friend's house at any time of the day and night. Um, and just, you know, there's always something to do, always somebody to be with. Um, so that's really the big thing that I miss the most.
0: I enjoy that too, especially now when there's nothing going around. But walk around the block, every everything's there. <laughs> How about you, Josh?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think I'm going to echo probably what Balin said. On um, I guess, you know, living in Center City, Philly, uh, things are actually a little bit closer than they are at Penn State. So I guess I consider myself lucky in that respect. There's like really nothing I can't walk to. that being like the store, friends' houses, you know, where I have to go to like to school and all that kind of stuff. But I think that you know, the biggest thing is like the people, you know, you, there there really isn't anything quite like being at Penn State. Um, and I definitely think that you get so used to it that you kind of take it for granted. And then having to shift into either just a postgraduate life, whatever that might be, it's, it's very different. And it's not something that like, you could hear somebody say it's very different a 100 times, but until you get to it, it's never something like you really understand. So you know, it's, I, I would definitely say just kind of like the whole, you know, being a, an undergraduate student and all that comes with that, um, you know, the people, the places and the things to do are, are definitely things that I look back on fondly.
0: Awesome. All right. So before we transition to Ikika side of things, um, do you think that Penn State has prepared you for where you're at now?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, again, obviously I'm not sort of in the, we'll say traditional uh, path of a chemical engineer, but... You know, I did have a number of, you know, work experiences in the discipline of chemical engineering. And every single time, you know, I felt like I was uh, at or beyond, at or above, you know, where I guess some, you know, my colleagues were from from other schools. And I just, I truly think that the value of a Penn State education, especially in chemical engineering is is unmatched. And even in medicine too, you know, so many of the principles and, you know, concepts that I learned in and outside of chem e-classes, I really think put me at an advantage, uh, or at least in a very good place on relative to, you know, the challenges that, you know, my, my, my career's is, schooling is, is thrown at me.
0: Great. How about you, Baylin? Do you find that you use any of uh, the knowledge you learned from Penn State?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely do. I think that it's kind of, you know, it's a yes and a no at the same time. So I think that um, academically, yes, I feel like my work ethic Comparing myself to uh, my coworkers that did not go to Penn State, um, there is a huge, huge divide in my work ethic versus theirs. Um, I'm definitely, I take on a lot more responsibility. I get my work done in a timely manner. Like I am always somebody that you can count on there. And I see that in my Penn State peers at work, um, which I don't necessarily see in some of the other um, schools that we recruit from. So I think in that aspect, we are miles ahead of everybody else, just because of, um, you know, the rigor and the expectation of us to really go above and beyond and be involved in our community and um, to, uh, I guess, just be involved. Uh, That's, you know, something that Penn State has a culture of. Everyone, you know, buys into the community and everyone is participating in something. Um, So I think in that aspect, absolutely, yes. I think that the thing that Penn State didn't necessarily prepare me for was, I guess, how to branch out once you get to a new place where everybody isn't within arm's reach. You really have to go the extra mile and search people out, um, especially to have a social life. And a lot of times, you know, Penn State really hands you a lot of social situations. You know, everyone's within, you know, a three-mile radius of you. So I think that, you know, in that aspect, it can be challenging to come to a new area and you know, try to find where you fit in into a community where it's not all college students, not everyone's your age, not everyone is the same as you. Um, so I think that that was kind of the biggest, like culture shock that I had. Um, but I also think that from my experience at Penn State and from my leadership experience, and from the activities I was involved in, I, I did feel that I was capable of, you know, mm-hmm. getting where I needed to be to feel comfortable where I am now. So I think, you know, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword of, you know, it's, it's great to have everything right there, but, um, you know, it's, it takes some time and it takes some adjustment to be able to really find where you belong after
1: you leave.
0: That's awesome. That's a great answer. There was a lot of head nods between Josh
2: and I, so. <laughs> I mean, we definitely oh, yeah, I, I,
1: I, I think that Baylen really, again, hit the nail on the head there. That was an excellent point. Because that's that's something I, I, I also, too, am you know, going through. So
0: mm-hmm. in terms of AKI organization, um, so can you guys touch upon of what previous roles that you guys have before you guys um, became presidents? And then why did you run for president? Um, so Josh?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually uh, was in AKE all four years. So I started my uh, spring of freshman year in the professional development role. So I did that for freshman year and sophomore year. And then junior year, uh, I transitioned to corporate outreach. Um, and then ultimately, like, you know, I kind of, I decided, was this part, forgive me, was the follow-up, why did I run for president then? Yes. Um, so honestly, I was encouraged by uh, by Balin, And then, you know, the year before, Ed was like, hey, man, like, you know, your senior year, Ed uh, being the president prior to Balin, um, he was also like, hey, like, I think you might like you know fit into this role you know your senior year so you know consider it and then you know just kind of having been in for so long I felt like it was a natural next step and a really good way to develop like my leadership skills as kind of you know the captain of the ship um but also too you know just uh you know being able to work with you know the faculty and the students and like you know the school like it was just a good you know opportunity I felt like for me okay
2: how about you Baylin? Yeah, so um, I really got involved in ACHE my sophomore year. I was a part of the Chemi Car. Um, I became vice president of that um, during my sophomore year um, and that was being the vice president wasn't uh, it's part of ACHE, but we really weren't tied into ACHE quite as much. Um, and so then my junior year I became the president of Chemi Car which does have a chair position in Aiki. Um, so my really my junior year, uh, was the first year I really felt connected to the organization. And with that, um, you know, I ab- I absolutely loved it. I met some friends that I just, I just felt so at home right away. Um, everyone was so welcoming. I just felt like I just had so many friends in my first year of being involved with it. Um, so with that, that, that is why I chose to run for president is because I just felt like the organization gave me so much. It gave me so much support in the major. It gave me so many like connections. It helped me um, really explore my career options for the future. So this the organization gave me so much. So um, I thought it would be a really great way if, you know, if I was the one who was leading it and I was the one who um, could really, really push to make it even just a little bit better. Um, And that was something that I wanted to do just because I cared about it so much. So um, I ran because I wanted to um, I guess just give back and do my part to make it even better.
0: Awesome, great. That's kind of similar with me, cause I know, like, I became involved my sophomore year. Well, freshman year I was involved with Kemi Car, which I loved, and like, um, which I went to one of the regionals conference, and then so sophomore year, whenever we were voted to plant host the 2019 Mid Atlantic Conference, I was a person um to plan all of that and that was honestly one of the best things I've done to this day I never thought that I would be able to do that or have that experience under my belt which was phenomenal for me and then um for my junior year I was on fall semester so then I came back in the spring semester and I was the academic outreach chair and then similar to um Josh's experience of why he ran for president is like well first of all I personally don't like managing people. I didn't really like um, being quote unquote, having a position above other people. And I knew for a fact that I didn't like that, but in in being involved with engineering, like in seeing what alumni has done in different companies, like at some point in your career, you become a managerial position. And so I took, I was like, it would be such a great challenge to like go through that and kind of learn more about myself of like why I don't like it or what can I do to improve to make myself a better leader and so that's why I ran I also ran for president but also because um similar to what Balin said like they provided me such huge support so like in my experience Balin was the first like the president of my first time and then Josh was the second year and both of them have provided me with so much support with such a great team and aspect to it that I wanted to be able to develop that for the following years. And honestly, I feel like it's been a huge challenge, but also like there's this like liberty of like, oh, you've accomplished so much because I know for my year, most of the people on the team are all um, underclassmen, Um, more than half of them are sophomores. So that's been a huge difference from like prior years where most of the officers were upperclassmen But yeah, and also because like I know Ed was supposed to be with us tonight, but he also encouraged me to apply um, even more, even though I've only met him like once or twice my freshman year. So kind of going off of why you ran for president, what were your expectations versus your versus reality, having that you guys have held that position?
2: Yeah, so uh, I would say overall, uh, I guess (laughs) my expectations expectation was that you know it was going to just be everyone just did what they were supposed to do and it wouldn't be very difficult it wouldn't be that much time like you know I just go lead the meetings we talk about our events we host them and that was kind of that was kind of it so that was really what I had um, as far as my expectations going in Um, in reality it was you know my first real experience in like a leadership position at high level. I had been, you know, clubs in high school and all that stuff. But um, I guess it was really my first experience with having to manage people um, to get uh, something completed. So um, it was definitely a lot harder than I thought. um, Because yes, like, I agree with you, Annie, like, I I don't ever want people to feel like I think I'm above them. Um, You know, I want to, we're a team. And that's kind of the way I wanted to things to be and the way to things to feel. But it is challenging when, you know you ask for something to be completed and they don't so you know it's it really falls on you because you're the one that's you know trying to pull all this together and you have to really hold people accountable um and that's something that's really challenging to do especially for somebody in my position like i'm very um like i'm introverted like i don't i don't want anyone to be you know mad at me or like anything like that so um you know it's it's hard for me to confront confront things like that so really, I found it a huge challenge for myself. um, in just kind of being that person to um, guide everyone where they're supposed to be and really figure out how different people need different management styles. But you kind of have to be a jack of all trades. And, you know, some people need checked up on every five minutes, some people you just have to ask them once and they'll do it. So um, I think that was, you know, it was a lot harder than I was expecting it to be, but it was so worth it, especially now looking back. Um, I got so much great experience and, you know, I, I am a manager now at Procter & Gamble and I'm managing people that are 50-year-old men and, you know, it's, it, it doesn't get any easier per se, but I think that having practice at it and having a, even just a little taste of what that's like um, in college definitely helped prepare me and, you know, I had a little bit of understanding of how people work and how to be an effective leader, um, so yeah, that's what
0: I got. I totally agree with you. I also thought it would be like a well-oiled machine and that everybody would do the part and it would just all come together but you know it, it's it been a huge challenge and I think that um, COVID is another barrier that we all overcame but so far I think we're doing a pretty good job. We've provided a lot more events um, than normal which I think it's because of the COVID nature that like nobody has to go anywhere anymore but um, how about you, Josh? What were your expectations versus reality?
1: Yeah, so I mean i I um did have like a previous leadership experience with like an organization uh, that I was pretty heavily involved in. Um so you know, coming kind of going in, it wasn't radically different. and and again, too, I had been in the club for you know three years at that point, so i I had kind of seen how things run and like some of the challenges associated with you know, leadership and, you know, having talked to previous presidents and stuff. So I I, I wouldn't say like, I was, I think that my expectations were pretty on par. But you know, again, it's just exactly it's like managing people, you just you can't control that Um, you know, kind of the opposite, I guess, where where I would diverge from Balin is, you know, I'm very much an extrovert. I'm a, you know, a big people person, like, I really like, you know, I like, you know, not like getting in people's faces, but like, I very much am like a, I'm a big personality i'll just put it that way um so for me a challenge as a leader is to let people not to get in people's faces and not not to say like i would micromanage but again it's like empowering people to you know do things on their own even though that means letting go and like the risks associated with that so that was i guess like a you know i guess a difference in you know what i expected I I would say my difference is what I expected of people to do and like the reality of like, you know, what people can and are willing to do and just understanding that, you know, some people are able to put in more and some people are able to put in less. So I guess that's what I would say.
0: I totally feel that because I know like before, like I know if you met me like freshman year and if I asked someone to do something, if it wasn't like the way how I thought it would have been done or the way that it turned out wasn't really aligned with, what I wanted, I kind of had this like guilt and like disappointment in me that like, I know one of the advice that Josh passed on to me was like, don't feel bad for like having different expectations or anything like make whatever they have or whatever you have and like be the best of it. Cause I know one of the events that I did last year, I literally thought it was like my fault where I hosted an event and the host expected like a large crowd. And in total, only six people came. So like, I felt like I failed, but like, and putting that mindset, it was just like, very sad in that way. But like, looking back, you know, you have to make the most out of the people who did come instead of like, just holding on to like this one place. But yeah, great comments. Um, so what are some of the goals that you guys had at the time for the organization for growth? Um, Balin.
2: Oh gosh! Uh, um, no, I mean, my senior year, we did host the regional conference. Um, so that was a really big undertaking. Uh, in, in, I mean, obviously, and we talked a little bit about it. Annie did. Um, you know, I, I opened up a position to have somebody who really was the coordinator for it all, um, and Annie was that person. And um, that that was the biggest goal for us was really one, completing that and executing it well, as well as not not letting our other, you know, regular yearly events slip. So um, trying to find that balance of, you know, we're planning a huge event for 300 people to come here, but yet we can't pour all of our time into it because we still have to provide our student body with the base expectation of bringing companies into info sessions and having our tailgates and having, you know, all of the typical events that we have. Um, but I think that, you know, just trying to have everything kind of happen was my goal. <laughs> you know, it's it when you have something that big, it uh it's really about just pulling everything off to the best of your ability. So um, you know, it, it went well. I think I, you know, we got a lot of positive feedback from it. So um I think we definitely met all the goals. I think, you know, we there was a lot of learning. Um, there was a lot of um, you know, things that we could definitely improve on for, year, you know, if we, the next time we plan the event. But um, I think that for me, uh, getting all those events executed was, was the big goal. And I think that we completed that. So. Great. That's awesome. How about you, Josh?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I had some massive shoes to fill coming in after, you know, obviously Balin kind of like heading it, but, you know, Annie Co. You, 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 just, you established the entire regionals conference, basically. I mean, like, yeah, you know, you, you definitely deserve a very significant amount of credit. And, you know, sort of to, I guess, affirm what Balaam was saying, you know, our, our, our chapter won the student chapter of the National Student Chapter Award. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of that was because of how well we executed that regional student conference. So for me, you know, um, I. I wanted to focus more on sort of, um, you know, as always coming from the corporate outreach and like fundraising background, improving our corporate outreach, um, improving like sort of uh, events with faculty members and like the departments so not just necessarily talks, but like, you know, sort of getting people involved and like not hanging out, but, you know, just kind of improving relationships between students and faculty and opening up doors that might not have been there before. Um, Additionally, like, you know, sort of like I said, with like my personal goals for leadership I, I really wanted to empower like the officers to you know if they're like this sounds like a good idea so you know you own that now like you're, you're in charge of that so i really wanted to kind of like you know strengthen um or at least supplement and support like the office the, the other officers in Aki in, in terms of being their own you know leaders of projects and ideas and that kind of stuff so i i think i my goals were more i guess shifting towards you know organizational improvements
0: awesome Cause like, I know for me this year um, I've like, I'm in between, like, I want to push the younger, like the underclassmen to be able to believe in himself themselves and to make them feel like they're worth it. Because I know for, I feel like you guys experienced this at some point during your like Kemi um, undergrad career, but like you have this like sense of identity loss where you feel like you're not good enough for the major or anything. And so given the challenge that most of my officers this year are, uh, Um, sophomores that uh, I've had so many people come to me and talk about how they feel like they don't fit in how like that major's too hard for them that I kind of also want to challenge them to believe in themselves to be able to find their why and their passion of like what keeps them moving forward because at the end of the day those are the people behind who's planning the events that we have for our student body so without them we're not going to be able to have the events for our, our student body.
2: Yeah, I definitely I want to touch a little bit on that. So like, just for everybody who's in that position and like yeah, that sophomore year, um, it happens to everybody where you know it's, it's definitely a challenging major and you know you shouldn't try, shy away from the challenge. Really, the big experiences that you learn from Penn State is how to work hard and how to solve problems and how to learn things. I don't I don't do any type of mass balances at my work. I don't. Some people do, but you know I don't and but I still take so many of the skills that I learned um and apply them all the time so like with that you know sophomore year is this can I do this you know um I guess I just wanted <laughs> to say hang in there and it will get better and it'll be so worth it at the end.
0: That's what I tell them too because I know um whenever I was a freshman sophomore Balin was like my go-to person Balin and Marissa like you guys always um, kept me going through because I know like if I didn't have you guys, I honestly don't think that I would have been in the position that where I'm at today and have so many different um, experiences. So thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. um, so kind of going off of all of that, what advice can you give to someone who's considering running for any of the positions or even president of the organization?
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would say, you know, just do it. Uh, you know, not to rip Nike off, but uh, you know, e- even if like you know you're not sure that if you have the skills for the position, you, you maybe you think like, oh, I'm not qualified. I'm only I'm only a freshman. I'm only a sophomore. Just do it. You, like there's there's the worst that can happen is you you go out for the position, you don't get it. But the best that can happen is, a, is it's truly like a very like a growth experience that will only help you, uh, you know, in your career looking for co-ops, internships, even full-time jobs. I mean, you know, everything that we've talked about here, I think has helped leverage. Uh, you know, the positions that we're in or going into, Uh, it certainly helped me with my internships and gave me you know a lot to talk about, you know, with with applying to medical school, even though it wasn't directly related. Um, So while it might be uncomfortable at first, or kind of scary at first, ultimately, I really think that there's a substantial benefit associated with kind of taking that that leap um, and, you know, going out for it. So I I guess just again, I would just say, um, do it, just even if, just do it.
2: Awesome, great advice. Bailin, do you have anything to common? Yeah, so I mean, I guess to kind of echo Josh, definitely don't shy away from a challenge. It's it's a really great opportunity to try something that you've never done before. Um, you know, a lot of engineers, they decide to be an engineer because they love math and science. Um, but you know, a lot of the times you come out and you're a manager. So, um, you know, it's definitely a different skill set that you need. Um, and so I think that this program in this organization really, really gives you a great opportunity to try to at least get exposure to that type of um, the type of experience. So, I think that you know, yeah, like Josh said, it, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable, it definitely you know, it's not easy for everybody. Not everyone has that um, you know that outgoing personality that you know can command people. And uh, but it's definitely something that you can you can really develop and really get better at. And it's definitely a great way to do it when there's really low risk. You know, everyone's there. Your whole team is there to support you. If you're struggling with something you know, all you got to do is ask for help, and everyone will come to your aid. So I think that, you know, just absolutely don't shy away from the challenge of it. And I think that, you know, it's definitely a really great experience overall. So um, yeah, like, I mean, you'd get the position, and you can only learn. So um, definitely, definitely do it if you have the opportunity.
0: So you guys are talking about learning and different skills that you've developed um, holding different positions. So what are some of the skills that you guys were able to gain from being present or from holding other previous positions within AP?
2: Baylin? Um, so I guess some of the skills, I mean, leadership overall, of course, um, I think really just for me is being very direct with people. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of times that people come to me with some pretty shocking things to say the least. And, you know, you have to really learn to be poised and to understand that, you know, you have to kind of grow to be a bigger person and to, you know, take the high road. And I think that that's something that, you know is invaluable to learn. And I think that's something that I really took away from the experience is just, you know, having that experience of somebody coming and telling me something that I didn't necessarily want to hear um, so I think that that kind of, on top of the overall leadership experience and, you know, getting that management experiment experience we've been talking about a lot, but I think just kind of taking some of that feedback and really um, figuring out who you are going to be as a leader, you know, everyone has a different leadership style and really figuring out what works for you and how, I guess, to develop yourself from, you know, n- negative comments or, you know, someone trying to tear you down. Um, I think that that's definitely a, a great skill that I learned um I mean hopefully hopefully not everyone learns you know harder lessons but I think that it's something that you know you're everyone's going to go through at some point in their life and um for me that was just a really really invaluable experience that I got while I was the president. I I
0: am as you're saying this I literally can provide you like with two to three different examples (laughs) because I totally feel that I know like for me I've never thought that I would like learn these lessons I thought they were like kind of like oh given kind of thing but I know they're definitely one of the biggest things is like professional communication because that is definitely really different than like everyday communication and just like understanding people of what motivates them and what ticks them and then kind of build my own confidence because everybody always comes to me and asks me questions and it's like I never thought that I knew all of this stuff and like I know one thing that I know I lack is um, self-confidence. So it's something that I know like I'm developing as a leader. Um, how about you, Josh?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I guess some concrete skills that I I developed or, or learned, you know, was like, you know, fundraising. Again, that was just something I had never done before. And that was a role I was kind of thrust into for two years. And then, you know, networking and connecting others. Again, that's not something I'd really done for other people I had done it for myself but sort of doing it on the behalf of others was again something new that I, I had not done um, and definitely realized there's a skill and there's you know better and, and you know worse ways to, to go about doing that same thing for the you know fundraising and then additionally you know communicating I, I truly think that communication is not something that you know you get you just you're like one day oh you know like I got communication down like that's like a lifelong you know, journey is being better at communicating. And I know, you know, for myself, communicating certain things, maybe not saying other things, you know, um, it's a it's a it's an ongoing, uh, you know, journey. And my role as the president of Aki definitely, um, you know, helped further me along the way. So I, I think that that's just like a big, a big thing.
0: Awesome. Those are great comments. Um, So, one of the things that I know as a leader, um, and everybody has to deal with this um, eventually, is revolves around teamwork. So, how were you guys able to develop your team to make it more cohesive and more um, everybody's in it together than like individual kind of roles?
1: Yeah, I I think that that's like a really important question to ask. So, sort of like what I alluded to before, I really try to empower other people to take as much responsibility as possible. And that's not to say like, I wouldn't help, you know, if somebody asked for help, of course, like immediately I would hop in and, you know, provide assistance where needed. But, um, you know, if somebody was like, Hey, like, you know, let's try to get this done or like, you know, let's try to install this new, or forgive me not install, uh, let's try to implement this new idea or this new program. You know, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like take, take the lead. Like, I'm not going to do it, you know, not that I can't, but you know, that's a good idea. You have the capacity to do so. And I think it'd be a great opportunity for you and the organization, you know, to to sort of, if you took charge of it. So I think that, you know, encouraging people, giving them support, making them feel confident in themselves um, is something that I really tried. I really tried to do now, if I was successful or not, I don't know, but you know, that's definitely something I really, at least for me, I tried to do for other people was empowering them to, to sort of take the responsibility on themselves.
0: That's great.
2: How about you, Baylen? Uh Yeah, so I, I definitely agree with Josh in that aspect of, um, I think a lot of times, you know, engineers tend to be, have a particular personality style. And I think that we, you know, so many of us have, I don't wanna say we're the same, but we, you know, we work the same, we think the same. So I think that really trying to get people to take ownership of something and, you know, kind of, you know, if they have an idea, let them run with it. And um, I'm the type of person that I like to do everything myself. So um, so that way I know it gets done correctly. So I think that really for me, um, the best way I found success to be, you know, a well-oiled team was to really delegate and to kind of let things go. And, you know, if somebody brought an idea to me, it's so, it would be so easy for me to be like, oh yes, I'll do that. I'll, you know, I'll take it all myself. I'll plan the whole thing. Like, you know, whatever it is, but trying to kind of let them take the lead on it. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And that's, that's okay too. You know, not every idea has to come, come to, and, you know, come to life. But at the same time, you know, you really have to, if somebody wants to do something and you just don't have the time capacity to, you know, do it, you know, let, Letting people, um, I guess, take the take the lead, take ownership on that kind of stuff, and really pushing them to do that. Um, I definitely think that that helped And really, in my experience now, being a manager is, you know, having people take ownership of things, and you know, me take more of the holding them accountable role. Um, definitely helps a lot. It puts a lot less pressure on you as a leader, um, and I think it really helps your peers and your whoever you're managing or whoever. Um, it helps them grow at the same time. So I think that there's, you know, important lesson to learn from even just delegating things. Um, so, you know, it's it's pretty similar to what Josh said, but yeah, de- like delegation, I think is the key to people working as a team. Something
0: very hard to do because I know <laughs> I personally struggle with that. Like, I think I'm similar um, to you guys in a way that like, I, if I can do it, like I know that I can do it, I'll probably take it on. But I know this year, like, I definitely, one of those things was like, I just give it to whoever's position or if they ask for it, I kind of just let it go and give it to them and kind of check in on them, like um, on a weekly basis where they sat. And like, even that sometimes is a little hard for me because like, I don't know where they're at half the time. And it's like, do they need help? Are they struggling? Or like, do they not have enough resources? And it's like, I know that I make myself available all the time. And it's, it's one of those things that, I know like it's hard because like I never really had this position before like being able to see other people do and accomplish their own things and I'm very happy and excited for them but I know it's something that I still struggle with um this semester just because like I know for me I feel like sometimes if I ask them to do something I'm kind of quote unquote forcing them to do something and like put a um bur- put the burden on them kind of thing so but Given that, so like, those are some of the very barriers that I've overcome a little bit. Um, Were there anything that you guys had to overcome during your terms as presidency?
2: Um, Yeah, so I mean, I guess I kind of touched on it a little bit, but I just think that, you know, when I became president, I was hit with a lot of very unusual circumstances um, that I had to overcome really, um, you know, lack of confidence in myself and trying to make sure that, you know, I... I got where I was because I deserved it, and really just reminding myself of that, and um, kind of, I guess, feeling okay, understanding that you know I, I earned it, and um, it was okay to lean on other people and to delegate. So I guess just you know, if you hear something negative, or if um, you know even just you have lack of self confidence in what you're doing. Um, that doesn't mean you have to take on everything um, to prove it, you know, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, the most effective leaders are, are the ones that delegate and are the ones that, you know, really understand how to make a team function together. Um, so I think that was a really big barrier that I had to overcome was really just kind of taking, taking a step back and seeing, seeing the bigger picture and you know what am I here to do and how am I going to do that. Um, so I think that, I think that was my, that was my biggest barrier. And, um, you know, I think that it's definitely, it's like something I'm learning now. Um, but you know, you learn from, you learn from everything and, you know, every experience makes you stronger. So, um, I think that, you know, from the seeing me from the beginning of my 80 presidency to the end of it, I feel like I, I grew so much. And I think that it showed in our, in our results for the year. And, um, you know, we, we did very well and we got a lot of, you know, recognition from, um, you know, the National ACHE and from our department. So I think that, you know, really, really working hard and making sure that, you know, I looked at things of, of, as an overview and, you know, mean things are only temporary. So um, just kind of looking at the bigger picture and not letting myself get discouraged um, over, you know, minor things. So that was my biggest barrier.
0: So you mentioned that um, you, you deserve to be where you at, and because of all the experiences that you have,
2: have you ever um, during your time ever felt like imposter syndrome? So I would say like academically, absolutely. Um, when I was a sophomore, you know, I was um, I was struggling. Um, you know, I was definitely like a homebody, and being away from home was a really big struggle for me. And then being in a major where. Um, There are some extremely, extremely smart people in the major, and seeing how they would do compared to me, and you know, it it definitely felt like you know I'm taking these tests, I'm doing okay on them, but like I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, So you know, I definitely felt it in that regard. But you know, once I made it through and did the whole entrance to major, and um, you know, started getting into my major classes. I still feel like I really don't know what I'm doing, um, but I think that, you know, I'm succeeding in my career, and um, I really like what I'm doing, so that that's really, like, the end goal of things. Not every person has to become a PhD chemical engineer and know all the principles and understand how all the math works. Like, that's, that's for some people, but that's not for everyone, and you don't have to be a PhD in chemical engineering to work in manufacturing or oil and gas or pharmaceuticals like you know everybody has their own their own path and I think that it's kind of one of those things that you just kind of have to get through the schooling part and even if it doesn't feel like you belong there I guess or that you know you're succeeding and you're really understanding what you're doing that's okay so yeah I I definitely felt that academically um but you know it's something it's something that everybody feels and i think we talked about it in one of our classes and it really i was like oh wow like okay other people other people feel this too so um you know it's it, it's definitely definitely hit me a lot going to college
0: i think a lot of people our audiences that are going to listen to this episode is going to be relate to you a lot because i know <laughs> um during our careers we hide it at times because like I feel like a lot of us are kind of embarrassed to show that we don't know what's going on or that we feel like we don't belong or anything and it's like I know whenever I took Kami 300 um, one of the speakers asked that and more than half of the class raised their hand and everybody was just like whoa there was this like silence like whoa like what is happening but yeah so Josh were there any barriers that you had to overcome when you were president?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess kind of, you know, going philosophical, I, I think that I realized that, you know, a lot of times the biggest barrier to, to yourself is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is something I I, I kind of really, it, that clicked for me, kind of after the fact, like, you know, if things weren't going, you know, as I had wanted them to necessarily, I would get, I would get pretty worked up. And, uh, you know, I'd get frustrated, and I wouldn't understand why. And, not that I was causing the problems, but, you know, ultimately, I was the one who was getting frustrated. And I think that, you know, people, whether they realize it or not, kind of pick up on that. And, like, then I think that that just kind of creates problems. And what I have have, have tried to, I guess, focus in on is it's kind of like, you know, as Baylen was saying, it's like, you know, people might give you criticisms or might give you, like, flack. But it's kind of like, you know, six people are going to agree with what you did six people are going to think you're an idiot and what you did was the terrible move. And six people are going to wish they did what you did. And that's just something I've tried to really, I guess, accept for any and all situations, you know? So in an effort to not second guess and to not, you know, question what you did and how you did it, because ultimately, you know, it is your decision and that's like the best thing that you can do. So I guess kind of to circle back, you know, the barriers that I felt like I faced were, things that should not have really been problems and that I sort of might've blown up in my mind or out of proportion. Um, But ultimately, you know, I think that they were things that, you know, through a lot of support from, you know, the other officers and, you know, just being able to talk to people that, nothing that we couldn't overcome. But I guess just reflecting back, you know, what I would say to, you know, Josh a year ago is like, you know, be like, oh, you know, relax. Like, just, you know, don't worry about this stuff. Because ultimately, you know, it's a challenge that will be faced and and overcome, so.
0: I completely agree. I completely see that, too. You guys are, like, stealing the words out of my mouth all the time, (laughs) um, so I know throughout, um, this, like, half 45 minutes-ish, um, we've talked about a lot of different skills and a lot of different lessons, um, so given all of these, um, what was one of the biggest things that you guys either learned about yourself or a soft skill that you deem is very valuable? Baylen?
2: Um, I guess the the biggest thing the biggest thing that I learned about myself was that I truly can do anything I put my mind to and you know it doesn't always seem like it as I'm going through it but every time I emerge on the other end I am met with I guess a sense of accomplishment and um a lot of learnings and so I think that I think that was the biggest thing is that you know any challenge I, c- I could face I c- I know that I can overcome it um so I think that yeah that's the overall biggest one um I guess the biggest soft skill would be like I mean just communication um and really I guess vocalizing what you need um asking for help and just really being very clear about one, expectations, and um, two, exactly what you need to be completed. So, you know, if it's if I need something done by Thursday, making sure whoever I'm delegating it to, this will need to be completed on Thursday. Um, so making sure to set very clear guidelines. Um, I mean, it, it really all goes back to communication and making sure that, you know, there is no miscommunication. Um, so that's really one of the bigger soft skills that um, I definitely developed a lot. I agree with that. How about you, Josh?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, just sort of what, what Bale was saying and what I think I said earlier was, again, the communication thing, that's, that's huge. And like, I know it's sort of like, a, you know, I, I guess contrite, you know, everybody's like, oh, you, know, you gotta be better at communicating, you gotta be better, more effective at communicating. But like, the reality is, is, you know, it's, it's, beaten over the head or whatever the expression is for for a reason okay look at me look at me making an example of myself here no but you know it's like you know it's so important to be able to effectively communicate and effectively understand too that's another thing is, is understanding what people are saying not just be able to you know get across the point you're trying to make is really listening and that's i think that listening is again something i was starting to really like get get better at but like uh as always just wish I was, you know, even better at, at truly hearing, not not like—not just like hearing the words that people are saying, but like understanding. Like, I think there's a difference between hearing and listening, not to again, get like too like philosophical there, but it's like, I really think that there's a difference between like hearing the words that somebody says and understanding like the why and the meaning behind what they say. So I think that like, you know, being in the leadership position that I was as president of A-E, um helped again, move me along in that process.
0: Awesome, great. So to end this off, if there's one piece of advice that you guys give to a current student or someone who's um, thinking of running in any position within the organization, what would it be? Josh?
1: Yeah, so I guess I, I wanna answer this kind of in two parts. So I think with respect to somebody considering running for the organization, again, do it. No matter what, you know, you might be afraid of, or might be like, you know, sort of intimidated by, or maybe, again, like maybe it's yourself or maybe your qualifications, maybe how old you are, maybe you don't think like, whatever, just do it. I, I promise you that there hasn't been a single officer I've met that hasn't benefited from the organization uh, and and benefited from the skills learned and developed and the people met, like, it really is like, just, just truly like a, a beneficial organization. Um, okay you know, in terms of like, just like a student, maybe they're not necessarily interested in, uh, you know, an officer position, but maybe they're chemical engineer, maybe not. I would just say really, really, really try to just appreciate where you are, um, in, in your life. And, and again, not to be like, I'm only 22. I'm not like an old man, you know, but it's like looking back again, it's like, I miss with all of my heart. So many of the things that like, you know, I experience every day and again you experience it every day so it kind of loses like the you know the the spark but i mean just 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 being able to see again the people and do the things and you know whether it's going out to the you know the bars or country night you know champs you know pianos or you know it's hanging out with people you know, going to the football games and you know just i don't know again going and be able to go grab you know big bowl or go grab I don't know, whatever. Just just, just really try to enjoy the Penn State things. And as, as, as nice as it, as it is to graduate, I would just encourage people, you know, don't rush it. You know, again, just really, really just try to make the most of time at undergrad and and relax a little bit. I think one thing that I wish I did different, honestly, was not try as hard as I did at school. You know, I still had a lot of fun. There wasn't a p- football game that I missed. And, you know, I was still able to go out and hang out with friends on the weekends and some weekdays. But you know i really looking back there is like so many things that i stressed myself out over that are just silly just truly like silly things
0: i actually was thinking about that like um over the summer when covid started like to blow up because i know like one of the biggest things that i was like well i wish i like spent less time studying or rigorously like had my head in the game to like get a certain grade or anything and try to like have more fun go to more games because um, I know one of my goals entering Penn State was to attend um, at one game from every sport and up until that point I only had three sports left and so I was like damn it like I've, I've always had the opportunity to go but I never went because I was I had a homework due we're studying for an upcoming test that now I wish I kind of just did less of that and kind of really appreciate where I am like you were saying because I know one of the things that I kind of set myself up to is to have quote-unquote an easier senior year so that I can have more time to do more things and enjoy the area more because I know like sophomore junior or two of the times where you're like your course studies are so rigorous that you feel like you don't have a life sometimes but how about you Valen? what was one piece of advice that you can give to students
2: yeah, so i definitely 100% agree with both of you guys. Uh, the saying C's to dec- get degrees is very real. <laughs> um, at the end <laughs> of the day, all that matters is your piece of paper at the end. Um, and, you know, that, that'll take you where you need to go. So um, definitely take any experience that you can. Um, so along those lines is um, college is a time to take risks. Um, it's time to figure out who you are, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like, figure out how to really become who you want to be. Um, so I would say try everything you possibly can and really, really figure out what you want. Because once you once you get into the real world, those opportunities are still there, but um, they're definitely less accessible. So um, definitely take advantage of any opportunity you can. Um, and the other piece of advice I always give is um, somebody's always watching. So not to sound like scary or anything, but... <laughs> you, as Penn Staters, we are leaders. So people, people younger than you, whether you know it or not, they're looking up to the upperclassmen. Um, Your professors, they're keeping an eye on you. They know what's going on. Um, So I think that, and they look for people, um, they get to know the students as best as they can. And um, I've gotten some kind of, I guess, recommendation letters to say um, from professors that I really didn't think I was that close with. And they had very nice words to say about me, which I didn't even realize they were acknowledging, I guess, to say, like, you know, they were saying, you know, about my academic work, about my, my success outside of cl- the classroom. And I, I didn't know that they even knew what I did outside of class. Um, so I would just say, you know, you are, you are a leader, um, whether you know it or not. Um, and, t- you know, you always definitely wanna set a good example. You wanna, um, I guess, hold yourself to the standard that you wanna be held to um so i would definitely just say that's something you know that doesn't go away when you when you go to work you know you have people who um are hired after you that look up to you there's your bosses obviously are you know looking over you watching out um so it's it's always really important to make sure that you're being a good advocate um and really presenting yourself in the way you want to be perceived so that's kind of my other little piece of advice that for just life in general, um, I guess. But yeah, definitely take advantage of every opportunity you have.
0: So, yeah, awesome, great. I know for me, one of the biggest things, something that you guys haven't touched on a little bit, but is like to be the best version of yourself and do the best that you can do at this moment. Um, I know it's like as human beings, we often reflect on the past, and then we also think about the future and everything. So. Um, Take a moment to take a step back and kind of just think about the moment and where you're at and just do the best we can do and that will eventually lead you to wherever you want to go. So that being said, um, I think we're going to conclude this episode.
2: Um, do you guys have anything last
0: minute you guys want to add or anything.
2: Um, we I are. Think we are. Yet. Oh yeah we are. for sure. <laughs> um, but thank you so much Annie for putting these together. These are really, really great. Um, I think that they're going to be really great experience and really, really beneficial, especially now during COVID time. It's it's hard to connect with people. So, you know, really getting to to hear what other people have to say and get to get experiences from, you know, a wide variety of people. I think it's I think it's really awesome. So you guys are doing a great job and I'm really happy that you are putting this together. So thank you for doing it.
0: No, oh, Thank you guys for coming, because I know without without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. So thank you.
1: Yeah, I also I also want to again say Annie Co I expected absolutely nothing less than excellence you know you you thrive in this role whether you know it or believe it or not you, you really do an excellent job um, just with with whatever you do so I, I think that people who hear this made like are, are just are in a really lucky position to have you uh, you know be the one to to organize all this and to obviously lead AKI, so.
0: Thank you, that actually means a lot because I don't hear that often. (laughs) You're gonna make me (laughs) cry.
2: (laughs) You're amazing.